Black Mass. All the traditional rituals were reversed and deliberately profaned. The sacraments were desecrated. Blasphemies took the place of prayers. <laughs> so they have a Black Mass. And he says, I suddenly realized that the smoke curling up from the crucible on the altar was fumes of deadly nightshade, belladonna. When properly vaporized, it gave off fumes that put you in the right frame of mindlessness. Let's throw some like weird date rape drugs in there too. Why not? <laughs> when the unaccustomed initial effects of the nightshade wore off, I was aware of Dean, who had finished drawing the pentagram on the girl's stomach, saying... Let those with grievances speak now that we may all bind together at this hour to direct the power of our father, Satan. It's like how at the end of religion class, when I was in school, we would pray about our pets together. Oh, yeah. And for like softball victories and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was wide awake now. This was really where it was at. No more of the phony experimenting. I sat there enthralled, my brain clear and my senses attuned. And then I felt it. The presence. I could almost make out the hazy outline as a demon spirit floated out of that pentagram and seemed to make a buzzing sound as it dissipated and presumably transferred itself to the locale where it would do its mischief. So Satan has arrived. Enter Satan. Yeah, I find it also, like, I think this book is sneakier than its extremely amateurish writing would make you think it is because mm -hmm. it is trying to incept you with some ideas and one of them is like, wow, like, Mike has been trying to go to these Christian churches his whole life, but he hasn't been able to like feel the spirit of Christ enter him really. And now he's vulnerable to Satanism because like Satanism comes through, like they will show you the real Satan on day one. Right. Like, and Michelle remembers too, one of the key things is that actual Satan is there. God's right. away right. on business, but Satan is a helicopter parent. Right. <laughs> Later, after Dean had changed back into his street clothes, I said, this is for me, man. When can I get initiated? We got into the car. At the next full moon, he said, thoughtfully. <laughs> End of chapter. Go to your bunks. Be back here at the campfire tomorrow night for chapter four. He's mixing in some like other mythology there. Like Satan and the full moon. Those are like two separate clusters of myths. Yeah. I mean, and in this case, it's just, and a lot of it is like, it was everything. It was just like Christianity, but evil. Yeah. I don't I mean, you know that I find this part interesting that like, there's this emphasis on like, everything the Satanists do is like a carefully studied version of what the Christians do, but bad. And it's like, yeah. you know, most people... When they have a religion, they just, like, go and have a religion. They don't spend all their time trolling other religions. I also think it's funny where he says that, like, instead of Christly incantations, they're just blaspheming. So they're just, like, standing at the altar being like, God damn, shit. Yeah, they're saying the seven words you can't say on television. <laughs> you're just like, Ted! <laughs> yeah, this doesn't even sound fun. The sex part <laughs> sounds fun. You know, you get to have sex in front of Mike Warnke in a house in Redlands, California. Uh, that actually doesn't sound that fun. That's true. But yeah, this is, you know, in the space of three short chapters, we have gone from a kid not being raised in a specific religious tradition in a way that captures his heart. We, like we yeah. have shown how lack of devotion to Jesus can turn very quickly into a lifestyle of every drug and then yeah. Satanism. And that's why you should never go to college. Can you give us a preview of the debunking? Like, what do we know about Mike Wormke's actual upbringing? Okay, can I tell you just one very small thing? Oh, yeah. So there's a Christian magazine called Cornerstone that in the early 90s starts investigating Mike Wormke's claims and ultimately debunks his story in The Satan Cellar. And there's a lot to it, but one of the very basic facts 
that he turns out to be lying about um, is that he never had long hair. He always had short <laughs> regulation length, early 60s <laughs> collegiate male hair. It's such a weird thing to lie about. You can't be a Satanist without long hair. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into it, but I feel like in many ways, this was a story he was able to tell where he could be someone who did all the things that he never got to do. Yeah, I mean... On some level, that's probably what a lot of fiction is, but at least it's labeled as fiction. Yeah, it's fine <laughs> to write about, you know, what if I were a Satanist? Yeah. If I were a Satanist, as though that could be, I'd swim all day in a Satanist sea. Yeah. But yeah, I just call it fiction. And I guess maybe this is part of the answer to the eternal question of why the humanities might be good, that if people did more creative <laughs> writing, then... They would yeah. feel less pressure to lie because they could get their lying out in a constructive way. Can I tell you one last thing? Yes. I don't know if I've ever told you this. In Denmark, Satan is an extremely common swear word. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, like, when you stub your toe on something, you're like, ow, Satan. <laughs> I feel like the way to denude this of all of its power is to bring uh -huh. that to America and just start using Satan as, like, a, a catch-all swear word for everything. Because then if you subscribe <laughs> to the belief that, like, you're summoning Satan by saying his name, then at a yeah. certain point in a nation of, you know, toe-stubbing Satan sayers, you're like, you know, I really don't think he's going to show up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think I made all this hot dish for no one. <laughs> <laughs>